favorite filter, but that doesn't mean that's the filter to our life. And in this podcast, I want to dive into stories that reflect who we really are and not just base it off an aesthetically pleasing profile. You will be listening to a variety of conversations with everyday social media users, targeting topics that aren't being talked about enough. A lot of the time, we all get so caught up on what's trending and on making things like depression, how hard it is to be in your 20s, and self-care go viral instead. How about we stop focusing on the number of likes we have and start building ourselves by telling our stories? It's not the views, the retweets, or the followers that really matter. Your life story does, and I'm here to share it. So please, join me, Liz Castro, and welcome to Yes, We Are Worse. understand how many podcasts I have just tucked away because yikes hearing your own voice is seriously something man but I did drop my self-love podcast and that was just my ultimate push I want to start the season with just sitting down and talking to y'all one-on-one maybe down the line I'll drop some podcasts I've had with some friends and their perspectives on certain topics but for now y'all just gonna get me and to be honest I'm so excited I put this project to the side for way too long simply because I just gave myself 3,000 excuses as to why I wasn't ready but I'm here and if this is trash well let's be real I can only get better right how could I possibly get worse so stick with me I promise I have some great stories to share I've got some great stories from other people that I'm just dying to share And today I want to take some time to sit and let y'all really get to know me. This has been heavy on my heart because as an Altec, I've had the blessing of being able to sit down with so many walks of life and really get to know them. And to be so real with y'all, it's been so heartfelt for me because, wow, people just put up this beautiful front and move with their lives despite what it has thrown at them. And I think it's time we really, really talk about that, especially because we've grown up with social media more than half of our lives and it's just the main source on Capin. like nothing is what it seems on the internet seriously we paint this great persona and display it how we'd like you know something we have total control over so we dive deep and just post all the pretty pictures and the perfect moments and we work on the aesthetics and we just make it perfect right something you want people to hit like on but i'm here to share more than that And I want to get down to the ugly. Like, I really want to know what makes us human. And I think it's something that we all can just relate on. There's just so much beauty in that, you know? So, I do want to start by sharing my own personal story. And I just really hope you guys get to to see a different perspective on how you can approach others. and, And just really dive deep in the aspect of you cannot judge anyone it doesn't matter if you got to know them for five seconds or if you have known them for 10 years you can't judge anyone and well I'm here to share my story something not a lot of people know about me and my life and it's something that I hid pretty much most of my school years is who my real dad was and to be honest I don't know much about him I grew up with an amazing father, not biological, but he gave me more than I feel like a biological father could have. He gave me a father figure, he gave me discipline, he gave me courage, he gave me independence, he gave me, wow, the list goes on. And I grew up, I grew up pretty, 
pretty happy most of my life. It was, for the most part, just the four of us, my mom, my dad, me, and my little brother. And it was a really good life until my mom got pregnant. I was about 13. We, I say we because it hit us all. We had a miscarriage, unfortunately, during the delivery. My brother did not make it. And this brought a big shift in my life because my dad, when he got with my mom, for whatever reason, it was super complicated. His family wasn't understanding of his new relationship because he did have a previous marriage. And so my mom was like the biggest homewrecker of life, according to them. And so we never really got to know my dad's family because of that. We were, it was just us four, I'm telling you, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all the holidays. It was just us four, always. And when my brother passed away, I'm assuming my my dad's family was like, okay, you know, that's kind of serious. Maybe we should be there for him. I got to meet the whole family, uncles, aunts, cousins. I got to, you know, get a little glimpse during high school of what it really meant to have family parties, to play with cousins, to have cousins, to have sleepovers, all that kinds of stuff. But there was just so much hurt still lingering from the adults because I felt it transfer to my cousins. I don't know if my dad's family is just racist or what the heck, but I did suffer a lot of bullying when our families merged together. I was obviously not my dad's kid, and they, my cousins made that known a lot. We would play, and you know, they're very prideful with their last name, and it was one of those things that was like, you're not really a guardo, you know, you you have brown skin, you're dark. They would call me all the names in the book of how you could describe somebody with dark skin. And it created this huge insecurity that I still deal with till this day because of my skin tone. I hear my husband tell me 30 million times that I'm not dark and I'm sitting here like, boy, I'm dark as hell. Like it's, you know, and I see now how crazy that really messed me up. But that was my life with my um, dad's family. I didn't really, I can't really say it was great. I think I really wanted it to be great because I'm such a social butterfly. So the thought of having cousins, the thought of sleeping over, the thought of, you know, birthday parties and it's not just your friends. Like, this is family was, I really wanted to, it to work. But that family has a lot of healing to do within themselves. And I no longer speak to them. Um, after my dad got sick, which was my senior year, my dad had a business and his business was flourishing. I think he was in about five states at the time. He was a um, contractor for construction and he was just booming. You know, business was booming. Um, his mother passed away and I call it or I call her his mother because, again, never really had a relationship with the lady either. Um, she lived in Texas. I met her once. And when she passed away, it just really hit my dad. He went through this really big depression. And she, this was going on what she passed away, I want to say December of 2012 <clears throat> or around there. My dad got a stroke in his sleep January of 2013. And, you know, he had a really big alcohol problem. <clears throat> And, it, you know, when he got the stroke or the heart attack or whatever it is that hit him in his sleep in January 
we took him to the doctor because he started to have like um like half of his face was kind of like droopy you know he realized that's probably not normal went to the doctors and they told him you know your blood pressure is really affecting your health right now alcohol is only making it worse the doctor explicitly said one more beer and you are looking at a life-threatening you know problem my dad's mexican as hell and worked very hard to not drink until you know graduation was near for me there was just so many things to celebrate he was opening up projects he was opening up businesses and he you know had a lot of stress but also had a lot to celebrate his coping mechanism was alcohol it came to the point where he no longer remembered what the doctor had said since months have gone by and he was perfectly fine that he had a brain hemorrhage may 8th of 2013 he got it at the bank while he was you know opening up a new account and unfortunately my oldest sister was with him as well as my youngest they got to experience the whole thing i was in school my little brother was in school and i just you know that day i came home to the worst news ever my whole life had made a complete 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 flip he was our main provider my mom was a housewife never really worked she always was very um adamant about you know keeping a side hustle but a side hustle can only bring you so much money so she would only have a high side hustle to you know when it came to father's day we had money to buy him a gift and it wasn't with his own money or for his birthday or when she wanted to just spoil us you know she could feel she was spoiling us with her own hard work so she did have you know a little bit of her own money coming in so lots of things happened that now as an adult i realize my dad was probably not the best person in money management because my dad again had an amazing business very successful we were good you know i don't i can't say my childhood was i i don't remember being hungry i don't remember needing anything i you know i grew up good so this happens and it's just we were living by las vegas high school you know up sahara i think our mortgage i'm not even sure how much it was at the time because again i didn't pay attention to that i drove a charger and when i got home it was one of those things where my mom was totally a mess she forgot she had us she was day and night at the hospital my oldest sister god bless her soul because she pretty much stepped in made sure we would eat made sure we were going to school made sure we were okay made sure of a lot of things that my mom you know at the time was not thinking straight my little sister was four so you know it was just it was tough it was a tough way to end my senior year uh you know i graduated and unfortunately my dad you know that was his biggest thing for me he wanted to see me graduate and he couldn't and it you know i think i think it's a depression that i probably still carry till this day that i haven't really tapped into because i'm too scared of what i will find you know i can finally talk about it without crying so all that went down and once you know my dad got out of the hospital it was probably july he was on um my dad actually passed away came back you know he died flat line came back and was put on an ice bed 
for about two months slowly started you know gaining conscious and just you know slowly started coming back and uh got to come home july of 2013 so it wasn't it wasn't too long that we we saw him in the hospital it was probably like two months and he came back and all i would hear was conversations of accounts and negative and how are we going to pay for rent and keep in mind maybe like a month before my dad had his <clears throat> brain hemorrhage we had just signed for college you know i was on my way to ai it's an institute here in las vegas and i was you know really determined on helping my dad grow his business i was going to be an architect we were going to you know we had goals we were going to work hand in hand all of that gone because the amount of money i remember him signing that he had to pay a month was not happening i'm hearing you know mortgage talk i'm hearing bills talk i'm hearing groceries i'm hearing all these things that you know i was spoiled enough to not care for growing up i was blessed enough to not have to worry about my next meal or things like that so at the age of 18 to really have to sit there and think like wow like are we gonna have dinner tonight like wow like what about my little sister she's too young to understand she's too young to know what's going on you know all she knows is that dad hasn't come home and so it it grew me up in an insane way like I I feel like I was babied for a long time and then overnight it was just like you're 18 you're an adult we need help so you know the way I was raised is we were very family oriented it was anything for the family I I all I heard was money problems and I told my mom you know what I'm gonna withdraw from college maybe we can look at possibilities of CSN but I think I should pick up a job you know I think I should I should get a job I should work and so I did thankfully though you know during high school my dad one thing's for sure he was very strict when it came to being independent he did not like the idea of his children relying on somebody else so I did have a job during high school you know I did play sports and was in extracurricular activities so he didn't really force a job upon me but during the summer I would pick up a job I worked at Sonic I worked with him I did you know little things so I told her I'm gonna pick up a job because we need money at the time that one job was not enough um we lived in a five-bedroom house with two living rooms you know a huge kitchen upstairs downstairs and we had to downsize to a trailer home on lake mead and nellis if any of my vegas people are listening you know those are the trenches right so for us to make that dramatic change because that's all my mom could afford at the time really really hit me so one job wasn't enough i picked up two I was working three jobs at the age of 18. I think I worked three jobs all the way till I hit 19 because at 19 years old, I was blessed with one of my really good friend's moms giving me a job um, with this company called Herf Jones. And it paid well, you know. The people that own the company, that's just another story, right? But they paid well. They paid well. It was a great job. It's what got me a foot into Clark County, you know. It's what things happen for a reason it's so crazy how it all works so my dad's sick right I'm working this job and I I find that I feel like I really like the education part of it you know I really love the interaction that I'm having with these high schoolers I'm really loving the fact that 
you know, I can give them something that they could use. And so I thought to myself, like, wow, like, I could probably be a teacher. Like, I could totally see myself doing this since the architecture world is, you know, no longer (laughs) a reachable goal at the moment. So I looked into it. It took me forever to get into college. I wasn't 22 until I got into college. And from 18 years old all the way till I was 20, I was head of household, providing, helping my mom out. You know, she was like the husband and I was the wife, but still had to have a job. You know, I had to make sure my kids were eating and going to school and keeping the house clean while still working. And I feel like I really, I really let myself go during that time because I would, you know, still do what I had to do, help my mom out, give her all my money. But at nighttime, it was it was just a wrecking ball. I was going out. I was getting drunk. I was doing things that I never, as a high schooler, thought the young adult me would be. I always was very level-headed. I was very responsible. I was very, I knew what I wanted to be in life at a very young age, to say it in a simpler way. So, you know, drugs, alcohol, it, it was never, and, and you know, growing up seeing my dad as an alcoholic, it, it just was never something that I thought I would fall into especially because my mom growing up was also very religious. It was, you know, God was first. We would pray the rosary as a family. We would go to church as a family. Oh, my gosh, Sundays were the best. Sundays would be, you know, everybody wakes up early. We get ready. We go to church because the reward of going to church was that afterwards my dad would take us anywhere we wanted, whether it be the swamp meet, a museum, you know, the arcade, the mall, anywhere. I would even bribe my friends to go to church with me because I'm like, listen, you're going to want to go. We get to go do fun stuff afterwards. So <clears throat> it was cool. It was crazy. It was a good life. But, you know, it changed dramatically. Like, I mean, dramatically. It shifted the relationship I had with my mom. My mom was my best friend growing up. <clears throat> and, you know, it came to a point where we did not talk because of money. We were very distant. We were very... I don't know. Now, at the time, I, I felt like I was judging her because I'm like, she's my mom. How could she do this to me? But again, now as an adult, kind of tapping into life and, and seeing how I've grown as a person, I just, my hat goes off to that woman because if I was going through that stress as the daughter, I cannot even imagine the stress she was going through as a mother, you know? And it was a lot. It was a lot that we went through, but, you know, we're here now. It's, it's, I want to say, I think at 20 years old, I decided that I no longer wanted to be head of household. I, I don't know what came into my mind that I was just now in a very toxic place that I felt like my mom was only using me for money and that... I felt like she should also, you know, push herself. I was work like I said, I was working three jobs and she was with this dream of starting her own business and it was one of those network marketing businesses where, you know, you recruit people, you sell a product and that's what she was on. She didn't really have a job. That's what she was doing at the time and she really, you know, saw potential in it. <clears throat> she grew insanely in it. But I just wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't understanding it at the time. So I made the decision with my best friend at the time 
that I wanted to move out. We looked for apartments. I never told my mom about this until a month before I moved. And I think it was the most heartbreaking thing because when I told my mom, I think she felt like I had backstabbed her. You know, like, we're going through this and you're just going to pack your bags and you're going to go. It, it Again, if our relationship was already rocky, it totally shifted the whole relationship. And I moved out. <clears throat> Nonetheless, I left. Again, my partying got so much worse. Um, I really was hitting this in just rocky depression that I didn't even realize I had. I was coming home, taking shots, <laughs> going to work with three hours of sleep because I was partying all night. I was already in the teaching <clears throat> field. I was an SPTA, so I was working with special needs kids. And, you know, I was really tapping into that part of me where I realized, you know, I, I really want this route. I really want this career. And so I went all in for it. I have an amazing friend who has a foot into the nonprofit organization world, helped me get scholarships, got my foot in, and now I'm going to college, right? And my life finally feels like it's getting a little bit better. At this time is also when um, I was dating someone and who I thought, you know, was going to be it. He was a lot older than me, <clears throat> but I feel like, again, I'm not too sure if any of you guys out there know about psychology, but I I don't know. I saw this older man. <laughs> he was about eight years older than me at the time. I was 20. He was 28. And sorry, no, I was 21. He was 28. Yeah, because I was already able to go to bars. And, um, I don't know. I loved the way that I loved the idea of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I loved that he was older. And so I thought that was my shortcut to maturing and to getting this whole life thing together because I no longer had my dad to walk me through it, right? Like I'm transitioning from teenager to adulthood. I'm living on my own, got my own car, everything. And, you know, I think, what the heck? Like I almost 10 years older than me should have it together and should walk me through this and and I thought that was going to be my cheat code little did I know he was so sucked up into the nightlife that my depression just got worse now I felt like I needed to really go out all the time because he worked at a club I was going out Thursday Friday Saturday just to go see him just to get drunk my friends we were all in this stage of just losing ourselves because again can't judge anyone everybody has their walk of life their story as to why they're like that <clears throat> and it, this was just a really dark moment in me I I really got heartbroken by this kid I again I don't want to say I loved him because now that you look back through it you're kind of just thinking like okay I was just really going through something and I was really attached to this one person so I just held on to it. It was to the point where, you know, he was going through his own stuff and I was just there. Not caring about my self-respect, not caring about my dignity, just kissing this man's ass, right? And when he finally slowly let me go, I think my depression was when it really showed because I would lock myself in my room and just think about my life. Like, again, I, I didn't have a shitty life, and I don't want it to portray that way. I had a gr great life. 
and I don't know, I just feel like as an individual, you kind of just start to look back into all the low points because you're currently in a low point, and you just feel the need to, you know, recap all that. So, um, it wasn't until I met my husband, and I say met because it's when we officially, like, linked up and really try to pursue something, we, um, it's so funny because, okay, the guy that, th- this older man that I was dating worked at Blue Martini, and, um, Vince, my husband's dad, one night, randomly, you know, I've been going to Blue Martini for, like, a year straight, never seen Vince, and this one night that I'm already, you know, again, remember, my dignity's on the ground, I'm visiting this man who wants nothing to do with me, um, his dad, Vince's dad, is DJing at Blue Martini, crazy, and so, uh, this is also going to have to be another story that I'm going to have to sit down and do with Vince. But to make it short, I had been crushing on Vince for a while. And my friends know. So they go to the restroom. They see him. They come back to the table and like, oh my gosh, Vince is here. Yada, yada, yada. And then that was just like the start. You know, we got each other's phone number. We start texting. We link up again. And now it just becomes a whole 360 of the route to my salvation I tell this to Vince all the time like he came into my life exactly when I needed him to come into my life because again my low points I didn't have low points throughout my whole life but I feel like life hit me very fast in a very short amount of time you know at the age of 18 I lost a lot of relationships that I never thought I would lose you know my relationship with my dad hasn't been the same and I think I even skipped that part because you know when my dad finally got better he finally was able to walk speak and and just you know slowly we were seeing therapy work his family again came into the picture and gave him an ultimatum you know it's either you come with us and do your rehab here with us or you stick with your family and you know at the time my dad I don't know he really felt like he needed to go with them so he chose them over us and and I think that's a cut that I haven't been able to heal yet I you know we were it was us four because my little sister you know growing up wasn't really a part of the picture she's I'm like double her age so you know she was later on in life but it was always us four and so for him to just kind of turn his back on us was hard but I can't judge him and you know I'm on the route to healing that part of my life which again haven't tapped into because I'm scared but I will and so that's that's where I feel like Vince was a huge part of my life because I needed stability and I needed somebody to just grab me and say you know what like you were meant for so much more than where you're heading and and Vince was that for me he just you know leveled me out and and we started to create a bond that I feel like I needed and you know I don't know if if you guys believe in soulmates I truly believe he's mine you know we don't agree on a lot of things but there's there's a level of connection that we have that goes beyond the disagreements and that goes beyond you know the arguments that every relationship you know of course has and so yeah my life hasn't been easy but it hasn't been hard you know I I do I'm a strong believer 
in execution. If you want something, then you go and get it. If you want to heal, then you look into what it takes to heal. If you want to stop something that you know is holding you back in life, then you get up and you figure it out. Because, again, I grew up quick. 18 hit, and it was a lot of that. It was like, dang, I don't even know how to fill up fill out you know tax forms i don't know how to claim dependence i don't know i you know i i just did a lot fast and i made it a goal you know when i when we went through all of that that i would never put myself in a situation where i don't know what to do so i don't just have a goal and a plan but i have a backup plan and my backup plan has a backup plan because life is so unpredictable and to be put in the situation where I was put at the age of 18, the situation my mom was put in, I just, you know, I cannot let that happen to me again. And, you know, moving forward, it's just, it, it made me so independent, so much more independent than I already was because I've always been very self-sufficient. But, yeah, if, if, if you wanted a little glimpse of who I am and, and why I am how I am, you know, there it is. I'm pretty sure... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure that's when I tell my story to some people that are like, "Wow, you went through all that." I'm like, "Yeah, but but I'm curious. Like, what did you go through? You know, like my story is gonna be sad to me because it's my story. It's my pain. It's my hurt. And if somebody out there can relate to it, sweet, you know. But if not, there's there's so everybody's story is so unique. Everybody's pain is so unique and. And why not tap into that? Why not put this Instagram profile on display and show this is what I want to show you, but this is who I am. I feel like society has made it embarrassing to just share your your downfalls and share your breakthroughs and share all that kind of stuff because for I don't know why, you know? And so I kind of want to break that and I want to tap into that and, and let's talk about it. I'm talking about my pain and my hurt and through my podcast journey you guys are going to see me just uncover lots of it and and how I just try to tackle it and not let it just control my life because it's the little events you know the little events that we go through that eventually reveal itself in life and then you're like wow why am I like this and then when you really tap in you're like okay that makes sense like you know my independence and my struggle that I've been having with Vince about you know I'm my own person and I will never let you just dictate nothing about me has a lot to do with because of what happened to my mom you know my dad got sick she had no way out and then it just spiraled into crap so again I know I'm trying to like really dive into why I move a certain way why I act a certain way and I feel like when you really start to share your story and you really start to pick out points you'll start to uncover like okay that's why I'm like that or okay that's why I move this way or okay you know what I mean so I don't know I I want to really incorporate my yes we are worse Instagram and have you guys just really interact like if you if, if you're anything like me and you haven't had a real chance to share your story but want to man send me a message and and let's get that story heard because that's what I'm here for I just I want to make sure that everybody feels heard because everybody's story is different and you never know who you're gonna you know connect with and who you're just gonna inspire out there so 
again, my podcast is just here to unravel stories and what better way than to start with my own. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope I reached out to someone and and really made them think maybe there's some wounds you gotta heal just like I got some wounds I gotta heal but now you know I'm aware of it and now I'm moving forward with it and I will no longer let that stop me from being happy and you know living the life I deserve to live again this is Liz Castro and we'll talk very soon